idyllic scenes out of your childhood. Crisp winter nights, star bright, sleigh bells, crackling yule logs, candlelight glistening off of shimmering Christmas trees, chestnuts roasting over open fires, carolers beneath snow-covered window ledges. Remember those. Remember them well. After Black Christmas, they'll never be the same again. Black Christmas, starring Olivia Hussey, Keir Dulay, Margot Kidder, and starring John Saxon as Lieutenant Fuller. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Chris Honeywell is an internet loudmouth. I always celebrate Christmas by watching Friday the 13th, which is the first slasher movie. Hated and reviled by his few remaining friends, he catches the attention of Thomas DJ, perhaps the world's most cunning supervillain. Ensconced in his ultra-scientific hideout, with only his robot army and stunning assistant to keep him company, DJ springs into action. What is this idiocy? Virginia, use the molecular transmigration beam to bring this fool to me! Virginia trains the hellish mechanism, and with a clap like thunder, and in a blinding psychedelic light, Chris Honeywell stands before his tormentor. Normally, I do not suffer fools, but I see beyond the yawning chasm of ignorance that is your brain and the endless sluice of sewage which is your mouth that they form a basic animal intelligence that I may be able to mold to my own devices. Uh, okay. Therefore, in my mercy, I offer you two choices. Instant painless disintegration, or you study grindhouse movies at my feet now! Choose! Uh, I choose not disintegration. So be it. In one month, I shall assign you a movie to watch, and will summon you again. Be ready, or the consequences shall be swift and merciless. Right, but how do I get to the... Now go! And thus began one of the most dangerous and unpredictable endeavors in evil sciencing. The Honeywell Experiment! Virginia, summon the subject! Virginia, I told you not to wear that sweater. And, and put away the, uh, the Chris Honeywell voodoo doll. We don't want him knowing that you've been messing with him. Ah, 
<laughs> I told you guys. I told you guys. Oh, Chris, you're just an idiot. You're paranoid. Oh, you're just messing with us. <laughs> now you're here. <laughs> and we're going to watch a movie. <laughs> Wait, wait a minute. What what is going on? I was I was in my attic installing this new block and tackle, and suddenly I'm flying through time and space in a vortex like a cheap ass BBC effect. Uh -huh. What is going on? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look. I was just telling somebody you can't rape a townie. And yet, here I am. It's not possible. Here I am. <laughs> well, I'd rape you. Oh no. <sighs> Look, Chris, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you would uh, hump the Leaning Tower of Pisa if you get up there, so... If you're fucking uh, ain't right, I would. Alright, I'm going to have decorum in my place. Thank <laughs> hey, you. I'm the fastest tongue in the West, so... Hold on. Strap in. Wait, sure isn't, that the thing, isn't that the, the uh, tagline from Old Yeller? <laughs> DJ, you brought him here. That's all I gotta say. Virginia! <laughs> I told... I warned you. I, I you should have put a tarp down. That's all I I said, oh, would say. <laughs> all right. Okay, wait a minute. Who's the fox? I'm, I'm just asking. Jeez, what the heck? That's why I'm I didn't tell. That's why I didn't tell you guys about her. Hey, you wear a sweater with hands on your boobs. That's just pure class, man. No that's dignity. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. So it's what are we here one for? Of those I, yeah. Look, I, I, I'm serious. I, I gotta install this block and tackle. My wife's like giving me grief. What, what are we here for, guys? You're What's here to behave on? because if you don't behave, this guy can kill you. You know, just, just saying, just saying. I'm getting married well, next week. There is me a, a giant glass unicorn with your names on it. If you don't be quiet. <laughs> it's one of those parties. They got glass unicorns, man. Shit. <laughs> me without that. So I guess since I'm the guy who knows everybody, I'll do the introductions. Yeah. This is this is Thomas DJ, the super villain that I've been telling you about that you don't believe in, that you mocked me about. Um, Thomas DJ, this is Chris Tyler. Yo. Men call him the hair metal hero. Mm. Women call him. <laughs> this That's is. Right. Uh, Let me lick it. These are the Jackanetti boys. Um, they're. The reason I was talking about the tarp, we got <laughs> we got Luke. Hey hey. And we got Jason. What up? Yeah, that's my brother Daryl, and that's my other brother Daryl. Take a seat, gentlemen. <clears throat> Keep the whip ready, just in case. Right? Yeah, threaten me yeah, with a good time. Yeah, you guys remember what I told told you we were we were gonna just all sit around and watch. Black Christmas, and then you wondered why. Well, now you know why. Oh, I heard Bob Clark and Christmas movie. I'm thinking Christmas Story. Thanks. Yeah. No. <laughs> Damn it. No. When he was younger, Bob Clark had a much darker view of what Christmas was like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say the least. It's very nihilistic. But I'm gonna say this is what uh, like. I, I I gotta say this is a good this was a way better movie than I thought it was gonna be which is usually what I say about almost every Bob Clark movie for some mm -hmm. reason 
because I didn't like Porky's so much. Right. Like, Porky's was the first Bob Clark movie I saw, and, uh, you know, I never, I didn't even really think about who's the director of this movie because I was like, oh, it's not that good. Um, but, uh, um, and since this was an earlier one, I'm like, well, I, and I, on my wall of shame is still children shouldn't play with dead things. I still haven't seen that. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but I can't say this was an enjoyable movie. This was kind of an unpleasant movie. I think by design. uh, Yeah, no, it's, it's a very transgressive thing. I think that this is, it's direct father is Bay of Blood. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I, I have this theory about the development of the slasher film. The Jalo was created by Mario Bava in the early 60s with, two, with uh, Blood and Black Lace. However, by the, by the, the early 70s, the, this new crop of directors had, had started making it all kind of wild and crazy. So Bava made Bay of Blood as a reaction to... His younger protégés getting his message wrong, and the Americans looked at Bay of Blood, going like, "Hey, that's a pretty good movie. <laughs> I could do that. I could do, exactly." And so you have, and the next stop on the development of the slasher genre is Black Christmas. All right. All right. Because it's not, yeah, it's I mean, not you know, a full the thing, the thing with, well, Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, it, really looking at the connective tissue between Bay of Blood or otherwise known as Twitch of Twitch the Death of Nerve, the Death that's, that's the one I know it as because that's the title that I, I first saw it under. I mean, really, I mean, in, in the three years between it, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of differences here because there's, you know, I mean, there, while there is, here, here's the thing for me. Twitch of the Death Nerve has um, the most perfunctory story ever because it's designed just to link all of the murders together. Yeah. You know? So there's 13 murders. All of them are on screen. All of them are, you know, different in their own way. And then they're they're essentially linked together. Black Christmas has so much story in it with nothing happening for mm-hmm. so much of the running time of this film that to me it's like, well, I can see the connective tissue. Mm-hmm. He takes it in such a different direction that I have a hard time really seeing any direct influence beyond the, you know, the, 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 the uh, kind of inherited DNA of what all became the slasher film yeah. in the wake of Black Christmas and then Turner and then uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then Halloween, mm-hmm. you know, th- those that that codifies everything. But right. I mean, to me, watching this after because we we covered Twitch of the Death Nerve when we were free men over on, uh, <laughs> you know, the vault. Uh, back during our Italian series, we did a whole series of Bava, and then we did Argento and Fulci and a few others. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll be honest, Twitch of the, other than just intellectually knowing the plays, Twitch of the Death Nerve is about as far away from this movie as you can get for me. Well, because, it's obvious know, that Bob Clark also likes him a lot of Hitchcock. Yeah. I, I, I can see that because it's it, it, he's really, you know... Uh, one of the one thing for me that's the most Hitchcockian thing of this is that we, the audience, have a a, a deeper uh, breadth of uh, information mm-hmm. than anyone in the film does. Literally anyone except Billy, and even he doesn't know everything we do. So Cold, you know, you know we, we should we should uh, um, 
point out, he's not called Billy in the the film. He doesn't have an identity, and that's one of the scary things about him. He just yeah. is. Yeah. He is this thing that exists and causes all this havoc. Well, that's why that's that's why it was very seventies for me. It was very. Uh... It was angry and bleak. I mean, like I had I had a note until I like I I actually did my research on this movie after I saw it, but my note was uh, this movie's angry and bleak. Everybody's surly and pissed off in it to the point of almost where I I felt maybe this was and yet a really I still bad set. Any of these women before I would date anybody in the movie, but that's another story. But I was just thinking maybe this was like maybe this was not a very happy set and stuff like that and then looking into it no everybody had a riot on the set and it was it like it was that it shows that by, by the the way the the way that the cast seems to mesh well they feel like they've been living together for x number of months you know yeah and they don't like each other that uh, an awful <laughs> lot to the, well, I mean, that, that, just... that jives with everything I've ever, every sorority girl I've ever right. known. That they, you know, they yeah. really don't like their sorority yeah. sisters after a while. But I mean, it's just the the whole tone of the movie is just so so kind of bleak. And like, even when people are jo- there, and there is a lot of like the sort of Bob Clark always has like joke sequences or or <laughs> kind of funny stuff thrown in or. Uh, and even in this, it's still kind of barbed and uh, and, and cynical, you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, and he's just ruthlessly not giving you anything like anything light or any kind of break from the bleakness of it, which, of course, is going, you know, ninety degrees angle at Christmas. <laughs> Everything's Christmas lights and presents and. And stuff like that, and everything and everything else is just like drinking wine and putting knives in backs, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. And uh, and a lot of garbage bags. <laughs> yeah. It, see, that's the when I was a kid, and this film first came out. Uh, um, the the poster, which was on the subway station walls all over New York freaked me out because it features the the girl in, with the with the garbage bag right and it does have a great tagline as well yeah. which is uh if this if this picture doesn't make your skin crawl it's on too tight yeah which to I, me is I right would... up there with the suspiria one as far as it's like you know well we you know the marketing guys did their job that day for sure but <laughs> yeah. um I mean, this this certainly did make my skin crawl this is uh it's a it's just a relentlessly just bleak dour not po-faced but just so anti joy yeah <laughs> even this, even this the piano player boyfriend when he plays yeah, his music I mean, it's angry dissonant yeah, music so, yeah david yeah david bowman jesus dude what what the hell this guy went became an astronaut that does not seem right to me well the concert pianist career clearly didn't work out <laughs> The only person who seems really a, a, a comfortable with themselves, the only two people are Mrs. Mack and uh, Lieutenant Fuller. 
Yeah, because you know John Saxon, no matter what, he's you know he's a he's boss. He's John Saxon. Yeah, he's John Saxon, and that that's my note here. It says John Saxon with an exclamation point. <laughs> with a great hairpiece in this one. <laughs> and, yeah, and you're right, M- Mrs. Mrs. Mack. At first, seems like she's like wandered in from a different movie. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, like uh, you know, uh, like like one like of the, the screwballs movies less, or less something. Last us on the left. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that or or you know, I could see her in like a Cronenberg movie. Like I could see her like you know being one of the one of the uh, apartment uh, renters and shivers or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she she is great because you again you know we we were saying that you know the girls uh, some of the girls I've uh, I've obviously they're sick of being around each other. She's sick of everything. Yeah. Clearly, know. if you're hiding sherry bottles around the house to deal with those girls, yeah. oh, God. I, I love the one in the toilet in the toilet tank. And then she gargles with it. <laughs> you got yeah, she's problems. got so many of them hidden around that she can just afford to have some to gargle and spit out, you know, at the end Ugh. of the night. But I love it. That is her. But but she does. Whenever she pulls out a new one, you see a, a genuine look of just like joy and relief. Of oh, just yeah. like ah, there you are. <laughs> and yeah and and the, that was it was actually when she pulled the when she pulled the bottle out of the toilet that's when I noticed another thing that runs through this movie which is just um stressful like ADR background noise mm-hmm. like whenever she's in another you know people are in other rooms you always hear a low you know, track of people talking and laughing or like a lot of times police sirens or just generally stressful noises almost always being like just sort of laid over the soundtrack. It's kind of unpleasant, but that's sort of, but you know, purposely so. Well, yeah, the, I the, think the, that's the whole... Yeah, the, uh, the, the diegetic oh, yeah. sound in this movie... I, I, I liked because, to be frank, I, I really didn't care for the non-diegetic sound. So, you know, um, you're right. I did, there, there, the, the, the sound design in general is, is really good in this. I, we get it a lot where the, we hear the phone ringing or we hear music yeah. that's diegetic music and then someone will be in another room and, you know, and, and we still hear it. It doesn't just disappear like it does in some, some yeah. movies of this vintage. You know, so it's and and you really, in in addition to that, you get a really good feel for the space because there's not a lot of of locations in this film. Majority of it takes place, as it should, in the sorority house. Right. So you You get a real good idea. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I talked over you. Sorry. You know where everything is in that house, which is important when the time comes for the final for the final battle. I think is kind of a little bit charitable, but. Yeah, no, that's that's where it sort of lines up with what you were saying about he was a fan of Hitchcock. Is is yeah. Hitchcock would have done the same thing. He would have made sure, you know, and he does it methodically. You learn the whole layout of the house and how it all goes. So, it's it's you know by the end you know you when somebody's coming from one area or off screen from another, you know where everybody's coming and going at. It's it's really well done. Yeah, you're never lost watching this. The sense of geography is yeah. uh it's 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 he really He uses well that shot. staircase to tie it off. The staircase oh, yeah. is like the central hub that keeps the right. whole set together. And and that's the thing. It's a really it's a it's a well do- done movie. I I would have loved to seen how it was uh how it was met by critics if they even paid attention to it when it came out or if it d- 
was not it successful very well. when it came out? Oh, it was successful, but it was it was not, not critically uh, acclaimed. Obviously. I can imagine. Even though, I mean, they, they talked about how violent it was, even though, and, and we've, we've talked about how nihilistic this film is. It's really bloodless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's, the, there's not a lot of violence in this film. And I think part of it is just us waiting like, okay, when's the next two going to drop? Well, it's, I mean, it's just one of those things where, yeah, I mean, I like a good gory movie, but mm-hmm. nothing is served would have been served in this with gratuitous violence because the, it, the creepy factor of, one, the obscene phone calls, which are, I mean, the whoever's doing that voice, it's terrifying. <laughs> Who is this? the suspense of seeing the stalker just the you know that wide open eye mm-hmm. you know he's there and the girls don't it just it just gets under your skin man it, it doesn't need to be bloody calls are almost impossible they almost sound like they're over and it's almost like something more like out of the exorcist with like uh, i know three or four voices going people. at the same time there are three different people doing that doing those phone calls they they were Makes from sense. the sound department of the, the sound department of the film, and they were asked to do something disturbing. It worked. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I think this also goes to prove that, um, like, it se- it seemed like in the '80s when the slasher, the American slasher movie, was at its peak, and you know all the critics were hating on it. That and and even a lot of people who made slasher movies or still make slasher movies to this day. And they sort of think the bottom line is gory, bloody deaths, but it, it's it's not. When you get to the the movies that were the formative slasher movies, you find like how relatively bloodless they were. It was just the tone, yeah, that that led up to the murders. And I mean, you can have a mur- I mean, you can be stabbing somebody without showing the what you know the unicorn go in. Right and have oh, it be yeah. just as viscerally viscerally painful to to watch without all the blood and and yeah it's it's the skis factor like yeah with Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah it's just it's such just a scuzzy it's a different kind of, of this world yeah it's feeling. not a, this is this isn't a rural skis <laughs> it's more of a <laughs> suburban skis. And more like an academic. Academic you know. skis. Yes, but... I, I enjoy a good academic skis. With my but leather it's... patch jacket. But it's like it's like sort of built on the 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 you know, layers of like the the sexual revolution, you know, mm-hmm. upper middle class girls going off to college and having sex and the, you know, there's lots of scenes of the house mother blocking off all the all the um objectionable things from the father who's come to visit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the comedy <laughs> slapstick routines. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I did not know what to make of the comedy in this watching this because 
it right. just is, well, like it, by the time the, fellatio, the, the running fellatio joke. You can joke. never get past the fact that you know there is death in that house. Yeah, because which we're constantly reminded every, of. Every time you think that the, that the humor is getting a little bit out of control, we cut back to that attic and the girl in the the rocking chair, just to remind us there is something very very wrong going on. Yeah. I mean that that that's that's the thing though, and that that was ultimately, while while this is a film that you can you can see its importance and see the aspects of it that are are well done. To me, watching it critically, unfortunately, I start to see the things that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's she's in the attic. Understand, it's cold outside. There's heat on in the house. Right. That you would smell that at that point. I'm sorry, because if you've got a dead mouse in your attic or a dead mouse in your garage. You can smell it pretty yeah. quickly, and, and then oh, and then okay, fine. A, a day so, so you can, you can, okay, but you can you could say okay, Luke. Well, Claire got suffocated, so you know she she doesn't have any open wounds. There's no blood, anything of that. Okay, Miss Mac gets a fucking block and tackle to the face. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm sorry that there, there's going to be a wound that's going to be there's going to be unless unless he's also got bleach up there and he's cleaning everything up, which I again I suppose he could. So much stuff he's he's moving around and nobody knows what's going on. So it's, it's after all it's like okay I mean I understand that the body is still up there it's still up there, and and no, it's at some point it's not no one's just like Jesus why does it smell like a dead cat, why does it smell like our cat that we can't find is dead in our attic right. <laughs> I forgot about the cat. I don't know. It's so hot and dry. It's so hot and dry up in the attic that it just desiccates the bodies. Like I'm, no, but I, I'm sorry. It would. It, yeah. it wouldn't. It wouldn't desiccate before you could smell it. No, it would I mean, it'd be one probably, thing. Like it'd be one I, thing. Like I, a Profondo, it'd be I like a, a Profondo situation. You know, like in Profondo Oroso, the body's been sitting in there for so long that's essentially a mummy. Okay, but you know that had to stink for a little while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I mean that—that's the thing. The the other, um, you know, the the uh, the the other thing that just to me one of the standout things for this once again, Christmas Carolers proven to be an absolute menace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't I, let I've them distract you. For yep. years, right? <laughs> they're they're there to di- they're just there to distract you and and give cover to give a smoke screen for a killer. Yep. <laughs> oh man. I mean, it's a good thing they weren't at a university down south. Somebody take a shot at him or something. I'm, one of the most, one of the most like horror movie experiences of my life is the one time as a kid that I went that I was a Christmas caroler, mm-hmm. and there was an old guy that lived down the street. We like he was old, like in like over a hundred years old, and we and uh, when we Christmas caroled at his house, we also found out that he was incredibly senile, Uh-oh. and he wanted us to come in and. Sing, sing to his wife but she couldn't get out of bed so we had to go into this old house that was basically looked like it probably has been the same decor since 1925 mm-hmm. and then we walked into an empty bedroom with a, <laughs> with a bed made up uh, with nobody in it and had to sing Christmas oh, carols to his to his wife as he, as he asked her you know what did you think of that one could you sing her another one oh god yeah. I'm gonna yeah. have fucking nightmares tonight. Thanks. Christmas carols, no bueno, no bueno. <laughs> so, um, you know, usually, like, I have some weird trivia stuff. I got some weird yeah. trivia stuff here that I think might be interesting. 
Um, so, Peter, who's yeah. kind of useless in this movie, uh, originally, Malcolm McDowell was uh, offered the role, and he was going to take it, and he wound up turning it down because he had something else to do. Imagine Malcolm McDowell. That would have been a little different. Um, <laughs> a little, little different, Peter. Well, it would have made Jess's final decision. Well, I'm not saying he couldn't, but I'm saying that they'd just be like, yep, yep, no one's surprised by this here. Like, yeah. he could be the killer. Yep, we all could see it. We all yep. could see the killer. Yep. Um, so Andrea Martin plays Phyllis. Um, yes. But the, originally it was Gilda Ratner who they had oh, signed wow. up for the role, and she was all ready to go, except they said, no, SNL said, we got it. We need you in New York for this. And she had to go down to SNL. Otherwise, Gilda Radner was all set to play Phyllis. Wow. So they yeah. basically um, traded for the SCTV version of Gilda Radner. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly what I was going to say. I was like, so they got SCTV's hey. version of Gilda Radner. And, and yeah, Andrea I'm going to throw this out here now. Am I the only one who felt, who felt young Andrea Martin was kind of hot? She had that college girl hot. Yeah. I'll, I'll grant you that. Yeah. I think old Andrea Martin is hot. Okay. Yeah, she she didn't seem like prude. She didn't really seem that prudish. She was, she looked like she was getting ready to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, up down. So I'm and down. I got I got one last. I got well, I got, I got two other pieces of trivia. But I got one last one for this. So Mrs. Mac originally mm-hmm. was offered to Betty Davis. That Betty Davis. Yeah. Um, well. So I think those three changes right there would have really changed this movie around a lot. Um, just in the fact that we know who those people are and we're like, oh, the people are kind of nuts. Um, but, you know, the crazy part about this is, uh, so this movie it was actually Elvis's favorite Christmas movie and they watched it every single Christmas. Wow. So as disturbing as other things you guys might come up with, that's pretty out there. Oh, um, that's... That, ooh. Now I'm going to picture watching this movie, and when it's over, I'm going to picture Elvis shooting out the TV, watching it, going, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Yeah, man, I'm just going to eat a peanut butter banana sandwich watching these girls get murdered, man. Yeah. Well, the problem is they tried to show it on NBC, and they actually changed the title because they felt Black Christmas was not a title they could use. They're going to show it during prime time as uh, called Stranger in the House. Yeah, they wow. were going to get a, they were going to get Ronnie Millsap to sing the title song. It was going to be great. Well, okay, but here's the problem. They Nothing. No, Ron, no, no, Ronnie Millsap love tonight. Apparently, okay. <laughs> not tonight. So, so they uh, they had it all ready to go, and they deemed that it was too scary, and they decided to pull it. Not. I mean, the problem was, it already was on the air. It started airing, and they just said, "Nope, too scary," and they stopped it <laughs> and pulled it off the air midway through the movie. That's legendary. Um, yeah, that's I, right. like I, legendary. Wow. But that's, but that's how. Okay, but how? How like, like that is so like that. Now does that stuff can't happen. You can't possibly unless you right. do, like where like something like you know goes wrong with the computer that's showing the film or whatever. But like no no it's too scary. Pull it off the air. How Halloween three is that? <laughs> You've got to take it off the air. All the stations don't show it. Don't show it. As millions of children across off. the nation take it off. all die. Ba- take ba- it ba- off. Ba- I, I'm dying to know now. How did how did they dub over those obscene phone calls? Then what could uh, you possibly oh, yeah, have done? It's probably just was gibberish. It probably just was like they just made it sound like gibberish. Uh, like instead it, of like, I mean, because it's not hard to dub over that stuff. I, mean, I know, but was, was Rich Little around then? Because he does all that stuff, yeah. right? You know, like, you know, like I don't know. It sounds like talk weird. about taking all the yeah. oomph out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what I'm saying is the, the movie was too scary. Like, no one possibly previewed well, this. Yeah, well, we part, well, part of it also was that, you know, um, a couple of weeks before it was supposed to debut, the they had the, the you know, Ted Bundy 
killed the sorority yes. girls at on, on yes. at Florida State. So the, in uh, in the Southeast, at least, um, you know, uh, yeah. NBC gave people the option. And I love that they replaced it with Doc Savage, the man of bronze. Yes. Because <laughs> all nice. that makes me want to see is, like, Doc Savage in this movie. Because he'd, yes. like, solve this in, like, ten minutes, wouldn't he? It's like, Monk, Ham, go up to the attic and beat up the guy up there, okay? We good? Good, I'm out of here. Right. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever seen Doc Savage, the, the movie Doc Savage. Oh yeah! Oh boy! Yes. I'm dying yeah. to see it. I'm dying. I've it seen is, some uh, bits of yeah. it. I seen the opening sequence, and that made me just be like, "Okay, this is." It's like Batman, basically the TV show. You know, the Adam West Batman. Yeah. It looks like. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's definitely interesting. The movie is interesting. I'll put it that way. Like, it's <laughs> it's one of those that you watch. You're like, huh? Yeah. Well. It's like you okay. had all those Doc Savage books in. This is okay. what you made, huh? Yeah. Like you had all <laughs> oh, forget about hiring a score, somebody to write the score. We'll just put some lyrics on some John Philip Sousa music. Hey, it's America's so, finest Portuguese American. So, <laughs> so uh, we, we should move past Sousa. Perhaps something just arranged by Sousa. I think, I think uh, we're post Sousa. So. <laughs> This, by the way, shows you how, how 70s this film is, is that Olivia Hussey didn't even bother hiding that she's from England. No. 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 Because her dad, certainly. Uh, well, no, her dad's not in it. It's, it's, it's no. Claire's dad. But, you right. know, I mean, that, that's the thing also. It was just, you know, I mean, I, I figured, okay, she's an exchange student, and, you know, they, yeah. they would take a foreign chick if she was English, you know, unless she was pretty and wore sweaters with hands on her boobs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Look, the thing. The thing also to me is this: is that I, I, okay. I got a story about that sweater. Actually, <laughs> well, the thing. Well, the well, thing is this again with you know John Saxon. They they yeah. they tap the line. Okay, yeah, intelligent yeah. police work, and they say, well, are there are there any other lines? And they say, yes. There's that the house mother's line, and they immediately dismiss that. Yeah, they, they just they just move right like, by. Don't you think that's kind of a red flag, guys? I, yeah. Another thing that I love that's so 70s about it is they trace the call by actually having a guy basically Run running through the, the, the yes. Indian, the Raiders <laughs> the of the Lost Ark warehouse from. of calls <laughs> until he sees the right blinking light and goes, there it is right there. And then yeah. plugs into well, it and hears, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Oh, got it. <laughs> so you got, to, you got to remember, though, Chris, is if you think about it, like, no one knows how trace calls actually work. Like, you know, in every TV show, they're like, oh, he wasn't online. Like, oh, no, yeah. No, crew. I could totally see right? Spielberg so doing least, that in the movie. So it, it was so a I'm great. Saying, yeah, right. Right. At least but you here, wouldn't he get away with it something. today. You no, know? no, no. <laughs> it's someone sitting <laughs> at saying, a computer screen going with a, with maybe, you know, like a, a line filling in. Off of, yeah. We've almost it's got kind of it. Almost got it. This cell tower and that cell he's, tower. He's, and of course, our our you know killer hiding the attic is a genius who would have hacked it through you know a multiple yeah. different cell towers. The call's coming from Zimbabwe. They, <laughs> quick, get the embassy on the phone. <laughs> when I was watching this film earlier in the week, this version of the film, uh, and I saw that sweater, I immediately twittered about how I, I could not imagine. Anybody think that was a good idea? <laughs> Five oh, seconds later, I get a, a tweet from a, a, a friend of mine um, quoting Olivia Hussey's Twitter account where she has the same thought. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's now referred, that's why I just refer to it now as that sweater. That sweater. <laughs> you, you know who would have liked that sweater? 
I know who would like that sweater. The master for Manos, the hands of fate, would have been. Oh, you beat me. You beat me <laughs> too, like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I was gonna say like. I don't know. Maybe the master would like this sweater. He's like, hey, that matches <laughs> my bathrobe. <laughs> Someone's been stopping in the same catalog. <laughs> no, that sweater was more like out of a Clockwork Orange or something, you know. Oh no, dude, that is a very Manos sweater. I'm sorry, it is the master with his. It's literally a Manos sweater. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 yeah, Manos. Yeah, and the master wears the robe with the hands on it, and Manos. Yes, but it's... um. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, so... it's the Manos, the hands of Rayon, basically. That was seventy four. That was that was that was cotton. Cotton. Okay. Yeah. It'll, it'll shrink. But, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, and and the thing you know also is that the other one of the other like generic aspects, and I don't mean generic. I mean generic as like referring to genre. Yeah. Is you know what weapon does she grab? Fire poker, because fire poker is the weapon of choice in your crap movie. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, you know it's a mark of quality. And somebody, when a, a chick grabs a fire poker in the last reel to fight somebody with. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, well, and and inevitably, because all I can think of is the fire poker from, like, Slumber Party Massacre, mm-hmm. which was clearly yeah. made of rubber. Like, <laughs> yeah. it actually, it jiggles when she hits the it guy with it. it. <laughs> I don't know. I always think I always think of Serial Mom and go, like, man, fire poker can just take your liver right out of you, you know? <laughs> Uh, that little hook on the end of it. Yeah, you uh, out comes and you just hook out the liver, no problem. Nobody ever grabs like the tong, the fire tongs, or mm-hmm. like I like somebody get the Rock. broom, just yeah. hit him in the face with the broom. Like what the? Yeah, fuck? You swing no. at him and all the all the all the, the, the ash goes in his eyes. Like ah, it burns. Ah. Like it does, motherfucker. Ba-bang! I am momentarily blinded. Ah. <laughs> My God, the goggles—they do nothing. Like suddenly, the killer—the killer is German for no discernible That's reason. That's right. Yeah. right. The red hot tongs. Well, there were so many different voices he was doing. Maybe he yeah. had a German voice. The the, the, the red German hot tongs could be could go into so many Three Stooges type routines, you know, with stretching out the lips, eyes, you know. And uh, let me let me ask a question. I this this is a legitimate question. At the end of the film. When when the poli- when uh, um, you know Jess is in the bed and all the police are talking yeah. and stuff, they say, "Has somebody contacted Patrick Cornell?" And they go, "Who is that?" They go, "Phil's girl, Phil's boyfriend." Is that's who is that? Is that, is that Santa, Santa right? I, yeah, okay. Santa. That okay, was I the fat guy sure was playing Because at first I thought, "Wow, what if that dude's a killer?" Right. <laughs> But we see we see Santa at the at the fraternity house, so we yeah. know it's not him. But it's like, man, what if this dude that they're just asking about now? What if he's the killer? You know, that'd be a. I mean, because like like you you know, um, Thomas, you said earlier in the recording that you know we I referred to the, the killer as Billy. We don't know that it's Billy. Right. It's just the guy. You know. Mm-hmm. And, I also. Oh, sorry. sorry Luke, no, go, ahead. So go ahead. But I'm going to say is that you know so there is that aspect of that we totally would get away from as we got into the 80s in slasher films mm-hmm. was totally part of the slasher motif right. late 70s early 80s was the mystery aspect which came from giallo mm-hmm. and and you know so so i'm thinking like uh you know uh friday the 13th and sleepaway right. camp and you know the, there's a couple others in there and the, those early ones where it's like okay there really is a mystery as to who this person is right right and right. And they, they and they really play with that. And that was the aspect of this I, I liked the best was that mm-hmm. 
you know, there's there's this idea of, okay, that we under kind of tacitly understand now that, yes, we will find out who the killer is. Mrs. Right. Voorhees will explain to us why she did what she did. You know, mm-hmm. we will see, um, you know, Angela, air quotes up to the mic, on the beach and know who the bad guy Some is. Some sort right? of necessary flashback or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. Not and this. here, it, it they really just leave you with, and and I really do like that. That, that alone style. to me is like okay. That that's cool. to me is the creepiest aspect of this film is that throughout this movie we're seeing these people going through their normal lives, and we know what's what's lying in wait for them mm-hmm. at all times. They're trying to put together, and they just don't. Ha- they're just trying to put together a puzzle that they have a couple of pieces missing, and we have those pieces. Right. And we yeah, don't that, even have all the that pieces. Gets, that gets back to the Hitchcockian aspect, because mm-hmm. Hitchcock liked to do that. He would give the audience a greater depth of knowledge than the characters. It's the old, you know, the the, the old classic. Jay always, yeah. Well, Jay, Jay always loves this one. It's the bomb under the table, right? Yeah. The right. audience knows there's a bomb under the table, but the characters don't. That's right. mm-hmm. It's well, like, you idiot, there's a bomb under the table. You right. Know? Because, yeah, because if, if the bomb explodes, okay, if you have a bomb explode, you have three seconds of startled, oh, no, okay. But if you tell me there's a bomb under the table and then we talk about baseball, you're like, no, but forget baseball. What about the bomb under the table? And that was, that was Hitchcock's whole thing. In The Birds, you see the gasoline going towards the guy lighting the match. And they're like, get the window open. They can't get the window. Don't drop that match. Don't drop that match. And once the first thing you do, he burns his finger, drops the match. Boom, it blows up. But you have already know it's going to happen. You've watched the gasoline get there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that... But, th- but that's a lot of the same thing that um, uh, Brian De Palma does this in all his movies, too. Yeah, he well, De Palma's, I mean, well, yeah, well, De Palma's such a huge Hitchcock yes. fan, you know. Right, but I'm saying, but that's one of the that's one of the things that people are like, wow, it's so great that De Palma did this. I'm like, yeah, it's just Hitchcock stuff. And, <laughs> yeah. And, but it's yeah. what it is, because yeah. people who studied those things and how you build tension for real, instead of everything being a jump scare or being like a momentary scare, you mm-hmm. build tension. You build dread. You you make people really really okay. Like, don't go up there. Like like you know when when Mrs. Mac is like pushing on the thing to go up in the attic. You're like, okay, this isn't gonna end well. Like yeah. none of this is gonna end well. And and at some point you're like, can the drunk lady just fall down the thing? Like what if she what if she like but she gets up there and it doesn't end well for her. Yeah. Even though you know it's gonna end well. Well you know block and tackle to the face. Well, even even oh. though that it's not narratively structured like this, like yeah. movies like this have the feeling of them, like you're like they're a true crime story or something, mm-hmm. you know, to to where you you know you know everybody's gonna die and here's the story of how it ha- happened. Here's you you see it happen. So you can almost yeah. imagine John Saxon's character being interviewed by unsolved mysteries. Yes, yes. <laughs> Because, like right. I said, he, he's a legitimately good at his job. Yeah. He's just overworked. I mean, I think that's the problem. And he's I just overworked, that... and everybody around him are buffoons, yeah. except for a couple other guys, you know? Yeah. He's got a couple guys well, that well, he can and, depend and, and on. He, and he's, yeah, and, and in, yeah, in, in the course of the story, he's got a, a, a much more tactile thing to deal with up front mm-hmm. with this, this um, school-age girl that has gone missing, and they find her dead in the park. Yeah, and mm-hmm. again, just just as an aside, uh, we you know, never good... we never get the proof that that right, we're going to use the name Bill, even though we know yeah. he's not named that. We never get the con- we never get any concrete proof that Billy killed her, but we no, kind of it could have just been a random serial killer or something or like that. It could have been, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it could it could be two things going on because you know right. Jay made reference to this earlier. You can't rape a townie, but it's like so we know that there's an at least a another at least one perhaps more violent criminals in this town. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's because, basically you know, just we like don't... yeah, nothing. This town is a shitty place to be at Christmas. Nothing goes well here. <laughs> well, um, the thing is, too. I mean, I mean, at any point, do they ever imply that the they I mean like we know she's dead. Do they ever imply that the that the the the, the, uh, the teenager or the, the school age kid was killed was was supposed to be killed by Billy or no, whatever you, you want to call him? They Billy just know it's never... dead. You see a reaction shot of them seeing yeah. it, the kid, but I mean, you don't know if it was killed horribly or she was just sitting there frozen. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, we, we don't know if she drowned. We don't yeah. know if yeah. You know, know she fell down and cracked her skull or something. Right. Yeah. She yeah. Well, fall. we know that that. that... Something violent happened yeah, to she her was murdered, because there's a search party looking for her killer. Oh, but, but I'm saying, but at no point do we know it has to be the same killer. Oh, oh it's, no, yeah, no. we don't. We don't. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying it, it could have well, been because it's the time. It could have been her and, boyfriend. It could have well, been her but, boyfriend that yeah, decided but, but, that he's tired of her fucking shit. And you know, when they got in a fight, and he fucking smashed her skull in, and then he's like, "Oh fuck, I killed her," and mm -hmm. he tries to hide it. Yeah, well, the snow will bury all that is evil. But, but the timing is also kind of odd too. Well, yeah. the I mean, from a from a narrative standpoint, the timing makes it hard for it to be the same guy too, because right, yeah. if she went missing the day before, he's already in the house because he's killed yep. Claire. Unless yeah. he's coming and going, which we never get any indication that he is. No, yeah. he gets it. It doesn't seem like that. It's like he's in there and he's yeah. in there so, for the long haul. So it almost the thing is, again, how is he getting out? That's what I mean. Out, I would, I would, I, I assumed that it wasn't him that that killed yeah. the, the school. Yeah, right? I, that it was somebody else. Perhaps again, mm -hmm. they they said a local girl got attacked. Maybe it was that a, a second person. Mm -hmm. Speaking that, of, that, and that's you know, and, and that's the thing. Peter. There's there's a lot of there's yeah. just a well, lot of yeah. That's Peter what I was never never struck me as being a stable guy. Did you guys ever? You guys have all seen Straw Dogs, right? The original Straw yeah. Dogs. Yeah, yeah, it reminds yeah, yeah. me of straw dogs. Words, just everybody dog. was hurting yes. everybody else and do it like even when they save the simple minded guy he tr you know he tries to like rape the girl and chokes her to death you know and it, it's, it's just everybody's just kind of crap although this does tick off one of the great things in, in heroes in my great horror movie checklist and that's willing to kill a kid and uh yeah, and, and I was, but I was gonna say it's good on Bob Clark for not showing us that. No, yeah, but you I, know, it because... also checks off a good thing in movies for me that I love that you rarely see, which was the Santa scene with the kids, where you have adults talking horribly, yeah. like swearing and saying horrible things in front of real little children that they just got mm -hmm. like the the producer, you know, all the which the, the remake just to takes totally Santa's out of lap. hand. And it's not dubbed in, you know, they didn't ADR in, like, the terrible... They're, they're sitting there saying all this horrible stuff with the kids sitting there. 1974, and, and, thumbs up. Right, and then, and what's her face? And then Margot Kidder, uh, she's getting the kid lit. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> You're yeah. drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, real. and I, I did want to say this. So, okay, so she... The, um, Margot Kidder, speaking of her character, she gets killed with the glass unicorn. Mm-hmm. Was anyone else thinking there's a Tennessee Williams joke in there somewhere? <laughs> that was that, that's a beautiful scene. It, it is, it is absolutely. Is, it's very I, very well shot. It's it, the I most Italian it's scene. Yeah, yeah it, it does remind me a bit of the um, 
of the, the the knife being used after the mad puppet again in Profondo Rosso, the way yeah. that it follows with the blade is or, or in this case the implement is shot, reminds me a bit of that, which uh, again right around the same time as this. So yeah, um, and it would be yeah, like it's, it's, if it was that, Italian, that, that it'd is... be like the movie would be called like Unicorn Transparent yeah. or something. Transparent you know? unicorn with yeah. no tail. <laughs> oh, the tailless unicorn. It translates to tailless unicorn. All right, I have a question. Yes. All right, so during the course of the movie, while we're dealing with Olivia Hussey's character and, and Dave Bowman, we find out Olivia Hussey's pregnant. Yeah. She wants to have an abortion, and mm-hmm. Peter, as we've already went over, is not the most stable guy, clearly. Right. Now... A little bit controlling. A little bit controlling. However, um, when we get to the end of the movie, it's not explicitly shown what happens other than she kills him yeah right is she killing him because he's attacking her or is she killing him because he she knows that he's going to try to keep her from having the abortion or is she killing him because she thinks he's the or, or that yeah. or if it's all all if it all just works out all a little bit of all those reasons yeah. you know? i was gonna say it's, it's a happy accident it's, um yeah. you know kind of think she thinks he's the killer he's in there acting like a jerk off uh, like you know, smashing in the window. She's like, "Hey, motherfucker, I'm having, I'm, 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 I'm gonna do this," and she just fucking kills him. She's like, "I don't know, motherfucker was trying to kill me." And well, so he's totally acting like the killer the at the end of a movie. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He, is. He, is. he totally was. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying he wasn't, but she's like, "I'll kill you in the face." So you know. <laughs> we do it. Yeah. Fire poker. <laughs> Take that, uh, motherfucker. You know, and, and again, and and here and here's the thing. Here's the thing. They 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 find them in the basement, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then again, when she's laid up in bed, hey, chief, you want us to check out the attic or the basement? No. Yeah. No. Wait till the feds get here. Serious. It's like, I, 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 but serious? Oh, no, They're the, not going to check the whole house. Seriously? Yeah. At the, at the well, end not, of this, that they leave her there. Yeah, they Why? leave her at the else? scene of a crime. There's not Why even would you, there would be forensics there. It's Canada. Yeah, they just. <laughs> They're just like, okay, we'll leave her alone in the house, drugged. It's it's totally American. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no, it's not even the Canadian way things would happen, you know, kind of thing. Uh, But yeah, it's totally like, eh, we we, we just drugged her up a lot. She's out cold. Um, We'll just leave her here in the house where everyone she knows has just been brutally murdered. Um, Eh, we'll just go. And it's not just that. Alone in a few hours. That's the crucial aspect of her recovery. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's, let's make sure she understands that no one's here for her. Right? It, it won't be like, awkward at all when she wakes up. No, not at but all. But they didn't even leave like 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 a, like a, like a, like they were like, okay, you know, hey, uh, you know, Johnson, you you stay outside the door because you're on duty. Like, there's not even that. Like, or you know, or we'll have somebody come. Like, they don't even have anybody there because when you see at the end when it pulls away, like when it shows yes, Jerry, the house, they're all gone. Yeah. Everyone is gone. That's it. And the isn't worst there, is, but isn't there one person at the at the at the front of the house? It's like one police officer, I seem to recall. No, they're they're getting everyone out of the house. That's the whole point. I don't even think there's any the tape or anything. There, yeah, there's nothing. Oh, times like, were different in 1974. Okay, what I'm saying <laughs> life is, was leave, cheap in 1974. Right. No, I understand. Yeah, <laughs> we're cheap. Uh, but it's I'm saying, so like, I, mean, I understand that you have a very limited police force here, and you're now mm-hmm. are dealing with uh, what you assume might be a second killer killing 
children or whatever yeah. else. And everyone wants to go home for Christmas. I get all of that. But I'm saying even in 1974, they're not going to leave a drugged up woman who just killed no. a guy in the basement who was her her boyfriend who now she's pregnant. And First of all, they drugged a pregnant woman. Let's just go with that. <laughs> uh, Usually, well, once drug again, the you know, 70s they, were different. They, 70s they, were they different. drugged a pregnant woman, but she's, but she's not taken to a hospital. Right. See what I'm saying? It's like, See, like that's the thing. I don't. I don't care how out of it she was. They they would have taken her to the hospital for observation, yeah. if nothing else. Yeah, shock alone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or I'm they would have left a uniformed officer with her until they could get somebody there. Right. I'm saying. I mean. I mean. But the thing is, they wouldn't all leave. Even if the chief chief of police had to leave, they wouldn't leave her unattended. They would have left at least one, if not two, men with her to make sure that was any problems or anything. Because. What happens if she you know, right, goes into shock or she starts hemorrhaging internally? I mean, yeah. she bleed out in that bed and die, and they'd be like, how'd that happen? Oh, wait, the pregnant lady was in shock, and she had a miscarriage, and she bled to death. Because, she, and I don't give a fuck, it's 1974. That shit does happen, hmm. even today. Right. Well, you know, but, but you know, but again, it's wait, wait. At, at that at that point where it it's you know it it's one of those things. It's a necessary evil yeah, because you got because if that's you know the the menace of the ending, if she's not in the house, yeah. you know, then it that, okay, it's you know, still creepy, but there's not as much menace if the house is empty and the phone's just ringing. With the phone ringing, 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 and you know we know she's in there. It's like well, bit nice knowing you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm again, and I'm willing to bu- to buy everything up to this point. So I'm willing to buy the ending. But I'm saying is, when you look at it, even in 1974, <laughs> someone may have said like, uh, there probably should have been someone there. Now the thing is, if there had been, uh, you know, like whatever, they might have said like they didn't even say, well, okay, let's, okay, okay, you stand, you're outside, you, you get in the get in the in the in the car, you're outside, keep watch, like mm-hmm. just establish that you're putting someone outside the door. We're sending over. Doc Wait a minute. We do know that that Billy has has been getting out because he slashes the the, the cop's throat outside. Oh, you're right. I mean, uh, right in the beginning, he's climbing up the trestle. Yeah. From outside, yeah, so he had been out. He, I mean, he has to go out and get squirrels or something, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's, well, they they had been getting obscene phone calls before, right? Before he yes. before he starts killing yeah. them. So he's been going in and out of there. He's been keeping an oh, eye on him. I didn't think of that, but again, yeah. but it's, it's but I I still don't know that he killed the schoolgirl because no, I'm not no, sure. No, we don't know. We just no, assume. No. And that yeah, and I think that's ultimately the point. Like we've said, we don't know, and that that really is kind of the. It's odd. It's rare that a film, especially a slasher film, which became, as I said, so in uh, uh, concerned with making sure every single person understood, even those in the back making out. You know, knew what was going on. That this one is not afraid to not tell you stuff. It's the chaos. Yeah. It's the chaos yeah. of, of this film that that makes it so so unnerving. And and what's interesting is that you look at um, TCM and Halloween. Yeah. And they do this to a much lesser extent. In TCM, we kn- we kind of know what's going on, but we never get the details of what the fuck is up going on with this family. You know, right. in Halloween, yes, we know it's Michael Myers who killed his sister when he was a little kid who escaped from the sanitarium. But we still don't know what's going on with him. He's a mm-hmm. complete blank slate, you know, literally. You know, which is, yeah, I right. think, yeah. the the big sin of Rob Zombie's remake, which was that oh, yeah. we learned it, way it, too much. We learned 
And I think it's a, a sin of the remake, which we'll get to in another episode, uh, of this film. Mm. Yeah, well, but I mean, the thing is, too, is you got to remember... Also well, the fact that it, the other film sucks! There's a lot of <laughs> sins in that movie, okay. yes. But um, what I'm saying is, you have to remember, though, too, is that... Yeah, and we talk about this all the time. We talked about this when, when um, you know, and whenever you talk about like anything that becomes a franchise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the first movie in any franchise has to establish the rules, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, uh, you know, even even the Evil Dead movies. It's like, like they had to establish some rules. Also, going keep on. in mind that all the films you just mentioned, none of them were intended to be franchises at first, right? Right. Yeah. So what I'm saying is they have to establish the rules yeah. of the universe you're in. So mm-hmm. in this universe that we're in for Black for, uh, for Black Christmas, we are establishing the rules that are here, right? Mm-hmm. So if there had ever been an actual like if this had become a franchise of films, mm-hmm. they could have built off of that. But, oh, but the thing is, but Billy's in another person's attic. Well, uh, or his his spirit has now you know, jumped bodies. Wait, I've seen that oh. movie. Um, so. Um, <laughs> It's okay. Hey, actually, uh, yeah. I would pay. I would much rather see a film where Olivia Hussey makes obscene phone calls and kills people. Ooh. Well, okay. Oh, she goes, all, so she goes. She goes all Stendhal syndrome. Yeah. She yeah. becomes a killer. She becomes the killer. Right? <laughs> yeah. She but Feldman's saying, it. Yeah, it's a Stendhal syndrome. Feldman's exactly. it up. <laughs> 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 Never go full Feldman. <laughs> no. Oh my god. It's killer. <laughs> oh my god. He went full Feldman. I can't believe it. So um go half at most. <laughs> yeah. Never go full, man. God. Um so but the thing is, I mean again, it's establishing the rules of what's here. We're establishing like all those and and I'm not saying it's, you know, that, that there's not, you know, ways to pick things apart because you always pick things mm-hmm. apart like that, but it's it's the idea that like this is what's happening in this universe. So, right. which is not the same universe as any other uh, film. It's like anything else. When you look at a Bob Clark movie, I mean, Bob, I mean, Bob Clark, besides Porky's and Porky's too. I mean, he did Death Dream, um, mm-hmm. you know, and good. he did, which is, uh, and, and then he also, obviously, you know, um, Death Dream is the, what, 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 Dead of Night was originally. It was one. Yeah, Death saying, Dream is pretty film, bleak too, and, and yeah. depressing through and yeah. through. Well, what I'm saying is, I mean, but Death Dream is nothing more than the monkey's paw tale being told now uh, a little you know through the guise of war and yeah, the vietnam you know, like version whatever. right exactly and so what happens is is that in that world this is what happens right mm. you know in that world no one is kind of like huh why did he looks like he's dead but he's back from the war but it's okay like and everyone's okay like and everyone on the outside kind of can tell something's wrong with this guy mm-hmm. but the mom doesn't want to see it like those things are established in that world it's not the same world right the same way that it wouldn't be the same world in a Christmas story or in right. anything else. So what happens is by doing that, by, by having it all be established this way here, okay, we can buy into it. We can and we can buy into what's going on. If Billy's going in and out of the house, mm-hmm. which we established that he can, it. I mean, to me, you're like, wouldn't you notice, like a lot? I mean, because again, it's not like it's the it's it's the like they're they're on they they're this is the last day now they're going on break, right? There's still all the girls in the house who were there. Mm-hmm. There's still the sorority, ne- the, the fraternity next door. There's still other like no one notices that there's there's for some reason footprints going right up to the side of your house, and then mm. clearly someone who's been 
because because I mean I don't know about you guys. But they're but all like, drunk. They wouldn't notice. <laughs> well, I was going to say also they're they're also not not paying attention because they're all, yes. all involved in their own shit. Because right. you know I, college students on occasion are like that. I mean yeah. even even uh like Mar- Barb Marco Kidder's character where we wonder why she's just such a lush and then we find out just before she dies ironically enough that there's something much more serious going on with her so she was wrapped up everybody's wrapped up in their own little headspace yeah well I, I'm just saying this I mean it would seem to me that you might notice footprints going to your house that there are no other footprints going there but again but but again we're, we're supposed we have to believe that it's not because he's going in and out of the house you know mm. and, he, and he's getting into whatever it's fine. Again, it's fine. It's just like Luke said before. Like, wouldn't things start to smell? Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. think like there are things going to happen. I mean, there's so much blood when he kills Mrs. Mac. Like, there's no way. Like, I mean, you could have you could have you know Surf Bro come in and start cleaning that stuff up. But and I don't know if <laughs> they. Sir, hey, let me tell you something. Surf Pro will clean some shit up. They will clean some shit up. I'm not. I'm not doubting that. You know, like <laughs> what? You know? They're outside the house. You know, man. It's like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> he's this dude he's serious. Surf, <laughs> he got surf, surf pro guy. Yeah. Um. Listen, you can't come in the front door. You have to come up the lattice. All right, buddy. Whatever you want to do, it's going to be the same charge either way. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> I tried cleaning it up. Don't even bother, sir. We got this. This is what we do for a living. Yeah. Thank you. What is that? What is that? Red wine. Got it. Coffee stains. What is this? Tamarinara sauce uh-huh. on the ground. Got it. Well, that was thinking you ever, about you ever, that. Speak one thing. You ever notice like you get those infomercials for the carpet cleaning products? Mm-hmm. And it's like whatever you have on your carpet, you know, uh, you know, spaghetti sauce, red wine, blood. It's like how much blood are you spilling on the carpet? <laughs> yeah, pet urine. You know, it's like what the pet's urinating on top of the blood. You're like, what if it mixes? You know, it's kind of <laughs> GB40 will get that shit out. That's right. So. Yeah. But wait, there's more. <laughs> but wait, if you order now and pay a small processing fee of the exact same price we just paid for the first one. We'll send you a second one. I, you know what? I, I, I remember once asking a question. It was a question of which was the most, like, you know, disturbing fictional universe to live in. Mm-hmm. And, and my pick was, like, Warhammer 40K, like, bleak, you know, place you don't want to live. And my friend Adam came back with um, the before guy in any infomercial. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like, want to be that guy. <laughs> oh, my God. That Life guy right there. Again. That guy, or Ray Liotta from the Chantix commercial, is the guy who I would think is going to be the fucking murderer in any movie. You know, you say to Ray, Ray, just smoke the fucking cigarette, Ray. Just smoke the fucking cigarette, because you were going to murder everyone. Ray Liotta looks like he is, he is, Ray Liotta is like, yes, if I take Chantix one more day, I will fucking kill every single person I meet. Right there, that is a horror movie waiting to happen. I'm telling you right now, fuck Billy in the Attic. Ray Liotta's coming, motherfuckers, and he ain't playing. I haven't had a cigarette in days, and I'm fucking with the Chantics. I you know? haven't had a cigarette in 48 hours, and I'm eating my own brain. Yeah. <laughs> Black Christmas 3. Yeah. That guy from that guy from Goodfellas versus Billy. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it, it can't be worse than Ring versus Juwan, so. Well, he, was, he was a good psycho cop in, what was it, Unlawful or, Entry? Or, yeah. yeah. Or, or Lake well, Placid just... versus Anaconda. Ooh. Look, after they did uh, Python versus Boa, they should have just given up because you can't yeah. top Boa versus Python. So. I don't know, now, man. what if it was Python versus Feather Boa? Sounds like a bunch of 
Apple Ooh, operating over. systems. The, the <laughs> only thing is, is that Lake Lake Placid versus uh, Anaconda is a real film. Uh, so uh, is the other ones that we're talking uh, about. So is Bola versus Python. Yeah. And they so did Python, Python 2, versus... Bola, and Bola versus Python. I own all four of them. Oh, yeah, dear God. I've seen them all. I've watched them all. I also, I, also have, I also have Lava Shark. I have Snow Shark. I have Sand Shark. I have uh, Electric two headed Shark. Sh- two-headed shark, two-headed shark Attack. Three-headed Shark Attack. Four-headed Shark Attack. Seen them all. Sci-fi uh, films. Are they, in fact, actual films? Next time yeah. on The Honeywell. <laughs> oh, that would be a game show. That's yeah, that's yeah, when we we should like, team up like, for a game like show game sometime. Show, um, like your game show RPG or Florida? <laughs> if somebody reads a ridiculous story, is it a role playing game or see, is it Florida? Florida? See, that's 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 <laughs> something we'd have to do. Like, if we ever can get together at like a, a to do a live show at a convention or something, because you can't yeah. do it like over the internet because everybody's got Google right at their fingertips. Yeah, right, Google. never be able to like test Fucking them. Google. Yeah. But if we had but, uh, them live where they couldn't check their sources, I think we could <laughs> swindle a lot of people into thinking yeah. that some movies were real. Yeah, like or you could, well, and finding yeah. real movies that Snake, they won't believe were real. Well, if you Lava watch, well, let's say if you watched, but if you watched, um, I forget which episode it was, but if you watched season eleven of Misty, they copyrighted all those names. That's you know, right. Back and forth with all the names. So, yeah. Anyway, Attack so, of the Wolf like I'm, some, I'm just being serious. Like, if you think about it, like, I mean, you know, like the uh, they 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 don't they don't they 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 leave her they leave her in the house. They're saying, "Who's this other guy?" Like, there's all these loose ends at the end of the movie. No one's worried about tying them up. Yeah. No one's like, they "Like, tomorrow's Christmas. We really got to go home. Yeah. My wife's making a ham." You know, <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like was it is it in Jaws where he takes the roast? He goes, yeah, two thousand dollars buy a lot of roast. <laughs> can we go home now can we go home now yeah after you I have feel the like dog that, pulled out from under you you go right. home yeah i feel like that guy is like oh he's connecting with me on so many levels can we go home now <laughs> are we jaws is like a, jaws like approaches a perfect movie except that guy you know it's, yeah uh, but i think but, that's the realist reaction in the movie so yeah. you know like so anyway so um Real quick, the uh, obviously, you know, I mean, Margot Kidder, who obviously we all know, you know, she played Kathy Lutz in uh, the Amityville Horror and, you know, Lois Lane and everything like that. Wow. Um, on the set, they said that uh, she used to just, like, she did, that she was cracking everybody up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that some people felt she was very standoffish and that mm-hmm. she was too big a star to associate with them, which is kind of funny. When you read two different accounts of that, these people said, "Well, on the set, she was really funny and cracking everybody yeah. up." And other people are like, "Yeah, yeah, she wouldn't speak to anybody." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "So was it like she was hanging out with like John Saxton and the people who were like the quote unquote stars, or maybe like with Bob Clark, mm-hmm. and wasn't cool with like the people who were kind of nobodies yet?" I mean, remember Olivia Hussey at this point had already had made Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, she know, she was thing. a big get for this yeah, film. Yeah. Right, so I'm saying, was she hanging out with like Olivia Hussey and whatever? But like Andrea Martin hadn't been on SCTV yet. I mean, this might be mm-hmm. one of her first or one of her earliest credits. I mean, some of the other people in this movie were not. I mean, um, um, uh, fuck's Peter's first name. It's whatever Dulay. Kira Dulay. Kira Dulay. Thank you. I mean, he hadn't done a ton of stuff, but he kind of had been in other films. And, well, I mean, like, he had. I mean, at this point, he was already David Bowman, and that—that's how he got this role was from yeah, being in right, two thousand one. Right. So. Yeah. Well, but I'm saying, but it wasn't like I mean, Kira Delay has made a bunch of movies since then. But I'm saying it wasn't like 
you know, he was like, it wasn't like you had Steve McQueen on the set, Luke. You know what I'm saying? You know, it but, was her third. Black Christmas was Andrea Martin's third film. Okay. Yeah. And the one before that was very significant. It's called Cannibal Girls. <laughs> it was made by Ivan Reitman. And uh, supposedly the legend goes, David Cronenberg went to see Cannibal Girls and just said, I can make a better. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. A lot of people probably felt that way, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, I, I'm, that's I'm glad that Ivan Reitman is responsible for all the body horror of David yeah. Cronenberg. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm, it's, it's, just, it's just like it's like someone going to see a UE Ball movie and going, I can do better than this shit. Like, yeah. Well, than this yeah, there's been lots of good move. Good movies made because of Yui Ball that way, or or at least yeah. better than Yui Ball, which I guess doesn't right. mean good movies anyway. Yeah. Again, if you're setting the bar that low, you know, kind of thing. So, um, hey, the motherfucker's so, doing what he wants to do, though. So yeah. hats off well, to him. What that was really funny was the was the petition on the internet. He goes, if you can get you know a hundred thousand people to say I'll never make another movie again, I won't make a movie. They had like six hundred thousand people sign it. Yeah. And like, he's like, what the hell? I only said a hundred thousand. It's like, oh fuck you, man. Anyway, what I'm just saying is, but that, it's funny when he, I read that, and I was like, you know, like here she is cracking people up because I'm, I'm assuming Margaret Kidder is probably a pretty good time, you know, kind of thing. She appears to be a good time walking. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just saying, um, but I could totally see her being like standoffish to like, you know, the lesser star if she felt it was a I, lesser yeah. star. I just think it's funny that I saw Olivia Hussey Topless in school when I was in high school, and not in this movie. School. Catholic school, we saw yeah. her. Topless. Catholic school, we saw Olivia Not... Hussey topless. We saw, yeah. we saw her in school too. Yeah, that we. That's yeah. that's funny. They must have showed that a lot. But and we had they gave us a long talk before we watched the movie, to tell us to be grown ups while we watched it. Right. I got so the same want, talk well, when they showed I'll, us like you, you, you know what though? None of the the dudes were okay. You know because it's like okay, Olivia Hussey's got a nice rack, but then, uh, you know, Lee, uh, Leonard Whiting. It's like his ass. The girls went what? The girls went crazy. Like, well, wouldn't? the girls weren't expecting to get any nudity for them. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, the problem is she's all of fifteen years old. Yeah, that I was another like, thing. As we were watching uh, child porn in high school. Yeah, but like, it's, uh, it's 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 European. It's okay. Yeah, yeah I ain't <laughs> it's going art there. at that point. It's like art Rambo, as we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not like art nowadays where you like. You know, you take any classical, like, you know, painting, and then someone put it on Facebook, and there's post-it notes covering up or blurry out parts of all the pieces. Yeah. Someone did that. It's all the it's all the angels and cherubs and stuff together, mm -hmm. and everything's blurred out in the entire picture. And I'm like, okay, that explains a lot. So, it's okay, because somehow little, a nipple is going to derail little, everything. Little known fact, I was the inspiration for all those cherub paintings. Yes, you were, man. Look at you. Yeah. And... I, I, I urge all the listeners to go out if they can ever find the paperback edition of uh, The Hobbit that, that Hero and I posed for the cover of. Yes. <laughs> he, he is Bilbo and I is Gollum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you'll know it when you see it. That's all yeah. I got to say. <laughs> There'll be no question that you found it. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. Do you think Margot Kidder was doing a little bit of improv, improving? Oh, I'm sure. Or she was. I drunk. mean, that that whole speech about the about the sea turtles having having sex. Well, Bob uh, Clark was loved improv. I mean, like lots of Porkies had 
had improv, you know, he would have a script, but you could tell that the actors yeah. were were having fun with it, and it was like Porky's to the extent of almost too much, where it was almost like they were having too much fun with themselves. But yeah, I could Ayo. see him just telling her, just go, you know, and right. maybe some of that, maybe that drunkenness wasn't completely method acting either, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's funny, you know, contrasting her with with Hussy, and you see how sloppy, and I mean this in a positive way, how sloppy Marco Kidder's performance is, and yet Olivia Hussey never could get... get Past the theatricality of Jess's performance. Very theatrical. <sighs> She's a classically trained actress. Right. Yes. And she hated oh, that I studied at Juilliard. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I she was also in a gave Zeparelli a film. <laughs> I've already had my boobs out when I was 15. Please, this is nothing. She, she oh, looked... I was in Shakespeare. <laughs> well, every girl would have their boobs out at 15. It's when they're 85. That's when it's a real challenge. <laughs> that's when it's real acting. Yeah. Say that to Harold Mirren. Okay. Show them all you want, baby. I'll pass that on when I see her. Yeah. Mm. That's, 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 the, that's the unrated version of Red. They had to cut that back. All the nudity, John Malkovich. Like John, put some pants on. For the love it. of God, Mr. Malkovich, put some <laughs> pants on. Please, John. Please, guys. I'm, I'm, just, I, I want to try something just... different with my character here. I think. It's... No. You could do. You could just hear Bruce Willis saying it. John, put the fucking pants on. No, put them on. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh my God. Who's the? Oh, what's her fit? The 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 young chick in that movie. Whatever. Um. Uh, it was supposed Catherine... to be like... uh, no, it's um, no. um, the one that was on Weeds. What's her name? Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, her name. Mary, right. Mary something. Yeah, you, you, you can see her be like, you know, Mary Elizabeth. Uh, you know, like uh, Mary Louise Parker. Mary Louise. Mary Louise okay, Parker. I knew it was a Mary something. Yeah, it's okay. Mary Louise Parker can't lose. We're good. Um, so the whole. <laughs> The whole, you know, so you could just see her being like, "I'm not sure I'm getting paid enough for this." You know who like, else was in that movie? Was Carl Urban? And you know, I, you know, I could see Carl Urban <laughs> not being Carl happy. Urban. I mean, Carl Urban's great and everything, but you know what? Carl Urban, unfortunately, too young to be in the original Black Christmas. So he would be um, really dreading it, though. He was so. one of the kids on Santa's lap. Yeah. Well, again, Jay, to your see, point, okay, th- th- there, there's another Black Christmas sequel I would like to see. Black, you know, Billy versus Dread. Again, that's that's a five minute movie. Yeah. <laughs> because if you think Dread's not going to search the whole house and uh, you know dispense justice on every punk in there, yeah. I mean, Dread would just send all the lady folks out of the house all... and then blow up the whole house and be done with it. <laughs> Just yeah, like the block has been pacified, you know, it's like that kind of thing. I would actually prefer the Stallone version of Dread against them. <laughs> I am the law. Yeah, right. I can't get my chin through this hole. What the I... hell? <laughs> so, oh my god. So, yeah, just be, just be going level by level. Just got, yeah. got the gun and like running down uh, armor piercing. It, no, just the, you know the lawgiver loading it up. It's like, well, what you know the uh, justifier. It's like, what are their crimes? Doot, doot, doot. It's like all this shit they did. All right, bam, they're done. Bam. <laughs> Literally it. one installment in 2000 AD. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even the full. It's not even run the full 13 pages. It's gonna be like 
Uh, and then we'll have some. Here's some old there's stuff. There's like a backup with Judge Anderson going. Yeah, it's to just yes. some filler. Yeah, I was just gonna say filler at the end of the, the episode. Oh my god, so funny. So, anyway. this was uh, so uh, you know, Thomas. I as as much as I enjoy you know talking about Black Christmas and ogling uh, you know your 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 uh, lady servant here. I have to get back and install that block and tackle. So does anyone have any any last thoughts about Black Christmas 74? Well, I, yeah, the you know, family. I, well, I watch think it. it's, it's an essential if you're... Um, I think this is a, a landmark film in the history of Grindhouse Cinema because it is one of those building blocks towards the slasher. Yeah, um, it's got the first person in it breathing mm-hmm. it's too well made to be really grindhouse though i mean it's it's a really well made movie yeah but where did it play i bet you it played mostly drive-ins and grindhouses yeah. for yeah. most it of just, the time i didn't i didn't feel i mean it's skeezy but i didn't get like the the super dirty grindhouse because it's just it's oh, no. just too okay. well made it's not it's cheap its budget was sixty six hundred and twenty thousand dollars. yeah and it's 1974 dollars so I'm thinking, but I think I think when we say grindhouse here, I don't know how much we mean grindhouse in the in the aspect of not like that sleazoid express kind of thing where right. it's like, you know, um, but this definitely played in those kind of grindhouse. Like this played on 42nd Street. This is the kind of thing right. that you would see down there. Well, I would say I um, bet you this went over well on 42nd Street. I yeah, bet you just oh, got sure, the crowd yeah. hooting and hollering went, on 42nd Street. And, it, and I think it, more importantly, it influenced. Yeah. Something that was a, a genre it influenced the jump starting of a genre of a subgenre yeah. that was essential to the grindhouse experience of the eighties. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. I mean this the you know that this it only it never played. I don't think in uh, it because it was released in seventy four and then it came yeah. back out again in seventy five. So yeah. I never. I mean that. Yeah, that this. I don't think this played in the naves. I think you're right. This played more in the theaters in the cities and the, mm-hmm. and the drive-ins and stuff. And one real quick thing is that, you know, uh, you say Black Christmas. I always have to remember, okay, was that the one that became Silent Night, Evil Night? Because right. my first introduction to this film, Jay knows where I'm going with this, I think. Mm-hmm. We used to have tapes of trailers from oh, SF yeah. Rush Video. And one of them was just horror. Like, most of them yeah, were right. monster movies. One of them was straight horror movies. And though it had the trailer for Silent Night, Evil Night. And and it's this very, you know, kind of... And they just introduce the cast and show people getting... You know, they say a cast member name, somebody getting killed. Cast member name, yeah. somebody getting killed. And so, you know, it... it and. I, I, I love this. The reason why they changed the name was because they thought Black Christmas, people might think it was a black exploitation movie. Which I would <laughs> like to have seen that too. It's like, you know, like, it's, like, it's like this movie mixed with like uh, Red Sugar Fox. Hill, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't, hey, don't, don't. I'm not don't knocking Sugar Hill. I'm the saying, name of Sugar Hill. No, no, no. I love Sugar Hill, but I'm saying make it like a supernatural. There is a, there's a, there's a unicorn horn. Put it into your heart, sir. <laughs> And Baron Samadai is there all of a sudden, hanging out in the attic. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, this is one, it's like, you know, Bart Simpson says it best when him and Lisa, when Lisa reads The Raven, mm-hmm. and he says, she goes, well, it was written over 100 years ago. Maybe people were easier to scare back then. He goes, yeah, kind of like the first Friday the 13th. Pretty tame by today's standards. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, pretty pretty tame by today's standards, but right. you know it's like you can really see, like you said, the influences that this would have on later films. And technically, it's a very well made, well put together, well shot film. Even if there are some parts of it that it's that fridge logic, you're like, but wait a yeah. minute, no, you know. But technically, I, I thought this was was pretty well put together. And, and I said it's it's an important film if if nothing else. It's very important, and I I think it, it stands on its own even without the historical significance. I think there is a kind of creeping sense of dread throughout this film that yeah. that drives it yeah i don't even know if I it's mean, creeping as much as it's just like a constant overlay from you know from the beginning to the end it's mm-hmm. just like it's it's dark yeah. some strong Black. meat from sam peckinpah <laughs> <laughs> Peckinpah's version would have been in slow-mo and the blood rivulets would have been flying towards the screen. It would have been great. It also would have been set in the old west. West, (laughs) I'm watching you from the outhouse. (laughs) The sorority house in El Paso. Yeah, it's in UTEP or something like that. Yeah. Now, Now we should point out that this film has been remade three times. Wow. Uh, it's been remade, and it wasn't one of them a sequel to a thing. No, so. no, there was there were three remakes. Black Christmas, the Triple X parody. Oh, no. <laughs> that the 2012 okay. Black Christmas, the Triple X parody. I'm not making this up. Black XXXmas. Yes, Black XXX. Yeah. <laughs> um, Black Christmas. The Night Billy Came Home, which is an all-black version. Oh, gosh. So there she really your... is Black Christmas. It, 2016, all-African-American uh, all cast. And unfortunately, we're not done. Because there is the 2006 version, sometimes known as Black Xmas. Yeah. Deep yeah. hurting. <laughs> Deep hurting. See, I, I can do the MST3K references, too. <laughs> I, 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 while, while we don't doubt that, I'm just saying is that might be a slippery slope. You don't want to start going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just saying. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just saying. It's just, you know... But, Some rooms full of nerds. Yeah. You don't want to bring well, up Monty I mean, Python. The thing is, the, the, whether there were, uh, however many remakes there were of these, um, I think we all can agree this might be, the, it, it, without having seen the other ones, I might, and this is probably the best produced one. Yeah. Of the, I would have to say yes. This is probably, I'm, this would I'm probably just be the best, hedging best my version bets, of the I don't know. Those, some of those porn parodies now are. Yeah, so, they're pretty impressive. Yeah, but it wasn't impressive. done now, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, was it done back when it's supposed to have a story? Like, that's not good for the paper tray. Like, what? You know, kind of thing. You know. <laughs> well. Well, you should, you all. Go! Ah! <laughs> now, Virginia, did you plant that hypnotic suggestion? Ha 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 
If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2 True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2 True Freaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2 True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email 2 True Freaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True Freaks.